0: Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly.
1: And I am your co-host, Austin.
0: Man, setting this up, I felt like I sure do hope I don't miss any steps because it's been forever since we've done this.
1: But we're back, bitches.
0: We are back. And um, yeah, we took a little bit of a break, not intentionally, just things started getting in the way. I know a lot of you know what's going on um, in our lives, but... We just moved, so that was a huge surprise.
1: Moving's like the top three most stressful things in somebody's life. So there you go. That's why we were gone, and now we're back.
0: Yeah. Um, And so anyway, I really appreciate, though, everyone being so patient and understanding. I've had some people reach out and say, we miss you guys. We're so excited for the next episode. I just keep waiting. And everyone's been super nice about it, though. So I had
1: one person in a supermarket cuss me out.
0: You did not. (laughs) Nobody really knows who you are, anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, right on. Fair
0: enough. On that note, um, I do want to just kind of talk a little bit about the updates in the Gabby Petito case. I feel like, yeah, a lot been of people. No, a lot of people ask me about it because, you know, I do hair, so we get a lot of clients in. My my coworkers get clients in, and they're always asking me about it. Um, I'm sorry to say there have not really been huge updates other than that her cause of death has been determined by her autopsy that she was strangled. So that has come out. But other than that, there haven't been any real sufficient leads as to where Brian Laundrie is. There's been tons of theories. And I mean, I'm not even going to entertain these theories because one of them was that he was like in a bunker under his parents garden and people were thinking that they could see his hand coming through a garden and that she was like handing the mom was like handing him stuff. So he could be, like, living underground in their backyard. I mean, it's stupid stuff like that. I'm not even going to entertain that. What's his
1: nuts? The bounty hunter guy, of course, had to try to capitalize press off the whole thing.
0: Of course. Said he's
1: within days of finding him.
0: Yeah, he even went as far as to say that he was within hours of finding him. And then I was like, this is going to be too good to be be true.
1: Yeah, if you don't come through, you're an idiot.
0: Yeah, and then ever since, it's just been kind of... Super sad. Radio that silence.
1: The autopsy showed she was strangled.
0: Yeah, like, because that's I don't, a. No matter
1: how it would have been, it would have been sad, but like.
0: For sure, but it definitely adds. I mean, obviously, we knew she died. We knew she died from homicide, that he killed her, but not knowing how. I guess this just kind of makes it a little bit more real when you think about the fact that he had his hands around her neck, was within feet of her face. That's a very personal attack, a personal way to die, a terrifying way to die. And it takes a long time. I was going to say, don't you have to strangle for like over three minutes? Yeah, something like that. I mean, you have to just like be going at it and not letting up. Um, So that is just disturbing to think about. Um, and you know, the fact that his parents have been less than helpful in finding where he's at they but they're practically condoning what he's done and what he's currently doing. So yeah, the whole thing is just kind of a shit show, honestly, and it's embarrassing. So one thing I really wanted to add was that in my opinion, I feel like this whole thing has turned into a circus and all you see on social media anymore is Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. And there are so many other people out there missing cases unsolved. Why is this getting the attention it's gotten? I mean, I feel like this has blown up bigger than anything we've had in a recent, the recent decade even. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I'd hate to think that it's because she's a cute white blonde girl that went missing and, you know, she wasn't an influencer. People say that she was, but in reality, she only had like maybe 2,000 followers before this. And now she's got like 1.3 million or something. Last time I checked, it could be more now, but Mm -hmm. it's just so crazy. Like, what is it about this case that has caught like wildfire? I don't really know. Don't look at me. I don't know. I'd like to know your thoughts. I mean, there's theories out there. I just, I know it kind of went viral on TikTok and I feel like the algorithm on TikTok kind of made it really, um, you know, like in front of people's faces. Like it really gave it a lot of exposure, but uh, I don't know. It's just wild. I've never seen anything like this really, except maybe like Lacey Peterson was a big deal, but that was before social media. So
1: it's weird. I have stuffed pork chops in the oven, so let's dive into this case. All right, I'm ready Austin. To eat.
0: Well, today we're talking about another, ironically enough, another case that um, was somewhat viral because of social media. So maybe this will help us understand. I don't know. But today we're talking about Bianca Devins. So you've never heard of her, have oh, you? Not even a chance. <laughs>
1: okay. Somebody here recently, uh, and it's funny if you're listening or if your wife's listening, Somebody here recently questioned the fact that I'm just playing along, like I don't like crime, yeah. and they or thought that I, you're scripted. Yeah, he thought I was a real true crime junkie. And do I you just, really
0: not know what's going yeah, on? I don't
1: know shit. He really,
0: really does don't know advice. anything,
1: and I just listen. Yeah, but you make it good, Kelly. So go ahead.
0: Thank you. So do you. I
1: thought that was funny to share.
0: Yeah. Shout so, out to Ridge
1: and, and your wife. <laughs>
0: thanks Shout for out. listening, Ridge yeah. and Ridge's wife.
1: I forgot his wife's name. His wife's name is a Patreon. Now I feel like crap. Anyways, <laughs> oh, go shit. ahead. No, don't we know? Pause it. Keep going. Okay. So shout out to you all.
0: Bianca Michelle Devins was born on October 2nd of 2001 in Utica, New York. Her parents, Kim and Mike, were only together for a few months before Kim got pregnant. And she was only 17 and a junior in a private Catholic school when she gave birth to Bianca. And then Bianca's little sister, Olivia, was born two years later. So we've all watched Teen Mom. We usually know how this stuff turns out. Kim and Mike had a pretty tumultuous relationship. And in 2010, they split up for the first time after Kim filed multiple complaints of domestic violence. But they would break up, get back together multiple times over the course of the next five years. And I feel like that's unfortunately pretty typical. It's very hard to leave these relationships. And um, finally, they split up for good five years later in 2015. So when Mike left, he left for good, severing contact with his daughters, which left Bianca feeling pretty abandoned, which is super sad. And then by middle school, Bianca was unfortunately struggling with her mental health. She went from being this outgoing, popular girl to being really introverted and kind of withdrawn. And I think she really struggled with that feeling of abandonment by her father. And it was really starting to manifest as she got older, hitting puberty. That's a tough time. And then all these things really start to kind of affect everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. So... She was described by one friend as being really shy and anxious and kind of on her own. Bianca did seek out counseling, but after she divulged to one of her uh, counselors that she had visions or fantasies of self-harm, she was admitted to a month-long stay in a psychiatric care facility. And she really struggled with so much anxiety that it made it hard for her to attend public school. So... Her mom enrolled her in a homeschooling program. So I feel like, you know, she has these feelings of abandonment and then she's also pretty isolated. Um, It's just a sad deal. I don't know. I feel really bad for her. So isolated and stuck at home every day, one of her outlets was social media and she felt like she could be herself and be honest about her mental health through these various social media platforms. But this online persona made it hard for her to interact with people in the real world because online she could be whoever she wanted to be and she could tailor her personality or even her online appearance to the type of interaction she wanted to have. So if she wanted to be open and honest about her struggles, she could. But if she wanted to kind of shelf that and be something else, she could do that, too. Mm -hmm. So. She created multiple profiles, but the one that got her the most attention was arguably the one where she was the most genuine, her most genuine self. And it was on a platform called Discord. Have you heard of Discord?
1: Yes. It's like where people can, like, I, I know you can like... Have people in a group and you can, like Discord, there's a lot of stock trading groups that are Discords where like there'll be 50 people in a group or 500 people and then somebody sends their stock trades and picks and stuff to it.
0: Okay. So I guess that's one way you can use it. I didn't know what it was. I actually had to look it up. But um, on Discord, she kind of surrounded herself with like-minded girls who were all very young and all very sad. And this vulnerability attracted some real skis balls who took advantage of young girls on this forum by offering them money or gifts in exchange for just attention or nude pictures of these girls. Mm. So it was a super toxic relationship where these abandoned girls with you know abandonment issues were getting the attention that they wanted, but at the risk of someone else exposing them on the Internet. So in 2019, Bianca was 17 years old. She had recently graduated from the Thomas R. Proctor High School and was planning to attend Mohawk Valley Community College in Utica to study psychology. So at this point in her life, she had found a counselor that she really liked. Her mental health was improving. And this was the year that she met a boy named Brandon Clark. So Brandon Clark was 21 at the time, and they met through social media, of course. He was into fitness, gaming, and anime. And by all accounts, Brandon was really polite and charming, but his home life growing up was really volatile. His parents would get in violent fights, with one resulting in a hostage situation, where his dad held his mom at knife point for 10 hours because he thought that she was cheating on him. So his dad was sent to prison, prison, excuse me, and Brandon ended up getting tossed around in the foster care system. So Bianca and Brandon they grew closer as friends and they confided in each other about things. But while Bianca was very straightforward of her intentions to stay friends and only friends, Brandon would sometimes call himself her boyfriend. She would correct him or anyone else that considered them to be a couple. And she was very serious about not wanting a relationship because she was about to go to college. So on July 13th, 2019, Brandon invited Bianca to go to Nicole Dallenganger's um, I guess she's a singer. She's kind of like a lesser, not not lesser, like a small known singer. I guess I don't know. Like kind of a niche. She's one of those like E girls, which I had to look that up too. But it's like kind of like emo. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could relate it to because when I was when I was in high school, like emo was a thing. I don't know if it still is, but anyway, she was very popular among that crowd and. So he invited her to go to this concert in Queens. So Brandon was going to pick Bianca up, go to the concert, and then drop her off later that night. So when they arrived at the concert, they ran into a third person, which was a boy named Alex, who Bianca met originally online, but this was their first time meeting in person. And Bianca was swooning over Alex and actually was messaging a friend while she was at the concert about how good Alex smelled and how perfect he was. So I guess at one point in the night, Brandon left to go grab some rolling papers from like a little convenience store around the corner and Alex and Bianca kissed while he was gone. But Uh at some point during that kiss, Brandon apparently saw them and just became enraged. Alex described Brandon as, quote, nasty and combative after that. So, Kissing this girl. Yeah. So at about 10 p.m., Brandon left with Bianca to take her back to Utica. And according to police reports, Brandon confronted Bianca about the kiss that she shared with Alex. And Bianca essentially told him, like, look, we're not in a relationship. I can kiss whoever I want. And this just set him off. He assaulted her. He pulled out a knife that he had hidden in the like the door, the driver's side door of his car, and apparently cut her throat multiple times while he recorded the entire thing on his cell phone.
1: What in the hell?
0: So the next morning on Bianca's Discord account, a message had been posted at 6.03 a.m. stating, quote, sorry, fuckers, you're going to have to find somebody else to orbit, end quote. So I had to look that up. I'm just learning all sorts of things with this one. But orbiting is apparently a term that was used for these guys that would kind of obsess over these young girls in these Discord groups. So... They would call it orbiting, and he was referring to anyone else who was kind of swooning over Bianca. You're going to have to find someone else to orbit. So along with the message was a picture of Bianca, and in this picture, which unfortunately you can find online, I'm not telling you to go look for it. I'm just telling you that it's out there, which is really, like, it sucks. It's eerie. It's sad. It sucks for her family, but... um there was a picture of her. She's wearing a, bl- a black tank top, her winged eyeliner, and then her throat was brutally cut, oh giving or leaving blood all over her small frame. And it doesn't even look real. When you look at it, it doesn't look real. Um, but I mean, to be fair, it never does look real. Like I've Seen a dead body in front of my eyes with its throat cut. Unfortunately, that's another story for another day, but it doesn't look real. It doesn't look like you're looking at a human body. It looks like you're looking at like a Halloween prop or something for a haunted house. It's just so bizarre how it doesn't register in your head that this is like a real human being. Right? So at first her friends on this site saw this picture and they thought it was a prank or some gore, like rightfully so they could not believe that what they were looking at was a picture of Bianca's dead body. So followers on Discord tried interacting with the poster to figure out where these pictures were coming from. And the poster actually responded saying, quote, my fucking car, I fuck Bianca, dumbass, end quote. So he's like trying to brag that Bianca is his. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. But... Concerned viewers started calling the Utica Police Department to tell them that this unsettling photo of a female named Bianca Devins was circulating on the internet, and Brandon's family also started calling in when they found what seemed to be a hastily written suicide note at his house, and Brandon had been posting creepy pictures on his Instagram story, including one of his bloody arm and hand that appeared to be... I'm sorry, a bloody arm that appeared to be Bianca's. And then he had another picture with his hand in it. But anyway, the caption said, quote, I'm sorry, Bianca. And then he also changed the bio on his Instagram profile to include his birthday and the date of his death as that day. So like he was obviously kind of announcing that he was going to be killing himself. So at about 7.30 a.m., Brandon actually called 911, and he calmly told the dispatcher where he was located, which was on a dead-end road called Poe Street, which was only about a mile from Bianca's high school. And he told the dispatcher that there had been a murder-suicide and that the victim was Bianca Michelle Devins and that he had to go because he had to do the suicide part of the murder-suicide quote is what he said
1: this guy's a lunatic (sighs) real quick because i know i get their Mm -hmm. age was like 2001 and stuff was when they're born so what year is this happening again
0: this was in 2019
1: okay Okay, so it's pretty recent
0: yeah sorry that took me a second 2019 yeah it was july just a couple years ago okay So after he got off the phone with the dispatcher, he took a picture of his bloody hand, which I mentioned earlier, next to what appeared to be a green tarp covering Bianca's body on the ground. And at this point, it was daylight. It's early morning hours. And I'm assuming only moments before the police arrived. And the caption on the photo, which he posted, read, quote, I'm sorry, Bianca, end quote. So I'm just kind of annoyed by this because I feel like he's just doing as much as he possibly can for show. Because I feel like when people, more often than not, when people commit suicide, they don't announce it because they don't want anyone to stop them. Their mind has been made up, right? But sometimes if they want some attention, they'll announce it to see who comes to their rescue or they'll just kind of wait and see how people react. And I feel like that's what he's doing. And maybe he's not getting the kind of reaction he wants because nobody's coming and nobody is talking to him. But then all of a sudden the police show up. So, and this is how many days later from when he actually killed Bianca? Oh, it's the same night. Okay, like it's into night. the early morning. Yeah. Okay. It was the morning after the concert. So, At this point, he lays down next to the tarp while he waits for police to arrive, and once the Utica Police Department officers arrived on the scene, they noticed Brandon's black SUV parked nearby, and then a small fire where he was burning his laptop, and on the ground, the words, quote, "'May you never forget me,' written in spray paint." So when they approached Brandon, he was actually live streaming on his Instagram account. What in the
1: hell? That's all I can think to keep saying. Like, this is so drawn out and attention and Oh my God, it's
0: so weird. It is so weird. Um, And once he saw the cops approaching him, he took the knife that he used to kill Bianca and started stabbing himself in the neck.
1: On live stream.
0: On live stream in front of the cops. Yeah. So then he managed to somehow take another selfie, even with the cops nearby, and post it to his Instagram story with the caption, quote, ashes to ashes, end quote. And you could see a huge gash in his neck. But what I think happened was he chickened out once he realized how painful it was to actually stab himself in the neck and didn't go deep enough. And so he just gave himself like a superficial stab wound. Which is ironic. You know, to me, it just shows you how big of a pussy he is to inflict so much horror and pain on Bianca, this poor girl, and then not even have the balls to do the same to himself because it probably hurt too bad. And he realized, like, "Mm, this kind of sucks. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So the officers called for emergency backup while one of the officers approached him and asked him where Bianca was. And... It was then that one of the officers noticed brown hair kind of seeping out from under the, the green tarp. So Brandon was taken to the hospital where he survived, of course, from his injuries oh and was deemed well enough the very next day to undergo questioning. But he seemed more concerned with the notoriety and television exposure. He did it for the gram. Exactly. He did exactly. It for the-
1: did it for the attention. Yes. Which is what the crazy thing is. You hear about these school shootings, all this crazy, sad stuff that happens, and they try. They say don't give the person notoriety because mm-hmm. there's effed up people out there that really do stuff for this reason. Right. Which is like hard to even wrap your head around as a. Uh, whatever normal a seemingly normal person, normal being somebody who doesn't go kill people.
0: Right. Who would never think to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what fascinates me about true crime. And we've said this before, but a lot of times when I hear about these stories, I'm trying to get into the headspace of these people. And one, I can't, I mean, I do my best to just figure out like what the hell happened. Sometimes it's a matter of somebody just snapping, right. And just like losing their mind for a split second. But this was...
1: A weirdo drawn out, attention ridden, like shit show.
0: Shit show. And Brandon's motive seemed to be pretty clear, which was that he flew into a jealous, jealous rage, excuse me, when he realized that he could not get what he wanted, which was a relationship with Bianca. And it seemed like there was a vast disconnect between the way that Bianca treated Brandon in public versus in private. So it was public that she denounced the idea that they were in a relationship, but apparently privately when their phones were investigated, it became clear that they did at least at one point have an intimate relationship. But regardless, it doesn't matter because what's been said since then whether they had an intimate relationship or not, was that she was very clear with Brandon. Hey, we are just friends. I don't want a relationship before I go to school. We are just friends. You are not my boyfriend. So what he did was completely uncalled for. And yet people still came to defend him and spread misinformation after this happened. I mean, people will obviously, as we see here, do anything for some social media clout or just to have someone listen to what they're saying, right? So some people, I think, will just say the most outlandish things or do the most outlandish just to get attention. But um, since they were both pretty active on their social media platforms, especially on Discord, users were spreading the pictures that Brandon posted like wildfire. And Instagram tried to keep up with disallowing people to post the gruesome picture of Bianca, but it proved to be more difficult than it seemed And even worse, losers on the internet were sending the pictures of Bianca to her family. One person posted it under her mom's Facebook profile picture as a comment. And when Bianca's mom was shopping for groceries once, someone in line behind her tried to airdrop the photo of Bianca to her phone. Of her dead daughter. Can you imagine I cannot imagine that. So while some internet users use this as an opportunity to expand on their sadistic disconnection from reality, others used it as a wake up call when it comes to interacting with and meeting with people or strangers on the internet. So, and I think too, it goes without saying that I feel like this is a huge wake up call about being in controlling abusive relationships or knowing what the warning signs are because he obviously showed some obsession with her early on. He wouldn't take no for an answer when he continued to say that she was his girlfriend even though she obviously wasn't and he had some serious boundary issues.
1: See, I think the I get what you're saying, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think like when people say when people try to play that card of like again, there was warning signs, it's like that can be said in every oh, I know. every situation, and people call it love, call it whatever you want. They're blind to it, mm-hmm. and it, like it goes on the accountability of this lunatic, not on her to recognize. Oh, no. That's like like I heard people say about Gabby Petito, like, "Well, I mean, the whole police thing happened. She should have known better and got away." And it's like.
0: No, and I'm just saying. And I know you're not passing. No, I
1: know you aren't. I'm just like, when I hear people say that, though, it's like, come on.
0: Right. Because I agree with you, Austin. So when the Gabby Petito. Body cam footage came out. People were chastising the way that the police handled it. And there's her, only and they, so that,
1: much... And they were chastising her for like, oh, she should have left him. And it's like, right? come on. And like,
0: like there's only so much the police can do in that situation when neither of them want to press charges, first of all. I mean, and hindsight is always going to be 2020, 20, right, And right. you never think that the person you love is going to be capable of taking your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that it didn't cross her mind that that could be a real possibility, right? So you can't blame the victim, but I do believe that this proves as like a, or not proves, but sets a good example example of what to look for either in your own relationship or in your friend's relationships. Like if you see this happening with your friends, just speak up and say something because like times like this, I feel like people are a lot more vocal about these kind of things. Like, they're less afraid to come out about it or less afraid to just confront a friend and be like, hey, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. I have to say this, right? So anyway, back to the story. Initially, Brandon pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder charges. And while he awaited trial, he got in trouble for making a shiv out of a toothbrush and then writing to a friend, essentially bragging about what he had done to Bianca and explaining that he just couldn't handle the thought of her walking out of his life. So in February of 2020, he ended up changing his plea from not guilty to guilty And then he tried to change it back to not guilty because he said his lawyer failed him. He wants attention. In reality... He's too mad we're
1: doing this podcast on him. Freaking idiot.
0: Well, in reality, the video that Brandon took of the murder had already circulated, proving against his claim that he had blacked out and didn't know what he was doing. So he was denied the opportunity to change his plea. And on March 26th of this year, 2021, he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison, which what the hell why? why?: Well, it essentially means that he will have to serve a minimum of 25 years before he will be eligible for parole. However, his parole could get denied indefinitely, and he could spend the rest of his life in prison. So I, you I know think that
1: there's even a, like do you think there should even be a chance he's out in 25 oh, years? Oh, of
0: course not. He committed a vicious crime and showed no remorse.
1: And posted it all over the Internet, like yes. the dude should be done for.
0: Exactly. I completely agree. And I hope that this comes up in future parole hearings. And I hope that advocates for Bianca Devons will come out and stand up for her and show up at these parole hearings so that they get denied. Time will tell. I mean, obviously, it's going to be at least 25 years from now. Uh-huh. But I mean, just because it's 25 years to life doesn't mean he'll get out at 25. I mean, of course, there's that possibility. But we can just Cross our fingers and hope that this story gets circulated enough that Bianca's memory is not forgotten, that what happened to Bianca doesn't get forgotten, and that he stays put.
1: Man. So this thing went viral, though, because it was so gruesome, huh?
0: This was another one of those that went viral. Bianca was absolutely beautiful. She looks, honestly, like a porcelain doll, like an Audrey Hepburn, like classic beauty She had porcelain-perfect skin. Um, She, at times, would dye her hair fun colors. So, like, there's a picture that circulates of her with pink hair. She was tall, slender, just, like, this absolute beauty. And it sucks. It sucks that her life was taken by a wannabe psychopath with a terrible comb-over and no balls. So it just really sucks mm, but that's wild anyway until next time thanks
1: for listening everybody thanks for sticking with us
0: yes we Mama. appreciate you
1: mystery out Bye-bye. i'm gonna go eat